Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Uh, hang on, hang on. I, I do agree with him. I do agree with him on one thing. He just said, all you need is a few good stocks a decade. I agree. I agree. I agree. One stock, one trade can make your year. A couple trades a decade could make your decade. But you can't just say, oh, I'm going to hold for the tra doubles or triples and anything else, I'll just let it go down to like 30 or 40 and then I'll cut it. 30 or 40% and then I'll cut it. <sighs> like, ugh. Ugh. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we're doing another commentary video. Uh, this one I found on Peter Lynch, a uh, former hedge fund manager and uh, basically, you know, runner of the financial world for a very long time. Um, he gave a interview uh, and the topic was how to invest when stock prices are at all-time highs. Okay, I have some opinions on this, and I'm, I'm very interested to hear his opinions because he is like a value investor, right? Um, so all-time highs may be scary for him, whereas me as a trader, all-time highs are bullish as can be. So I'm um, very interested in hearing what Peter Lynch has to say, and let's get into it. Lynch is highly regarded as one of Wall Street's legendary money managers. He ran Fidelity's Medellin Fund from 77 to 90. At the end of his 13-year helm, it was up over 2,700% and had become the world's... 2,700%, big deal. Just joking. ...world's largest mutual fund. He remains on the board of trustees at the Fidelity Group and is vice chairman of Fidelity Management and Research. His new <laughs> CD-ROM uh, is called the CD-ROM. Peter Lynch and its strategies to invest in the How stock fun. with confidence. All the profits for this go to charity, I think. He joins me now to talk about the remarkable record volume day on Wall Street and other matters of investing, and I am very pleased to have him back at this table. Welcome back. Hey, Charlie, good to see you. Now, smart of me, smart of me to schedule <laughs> you on a day like this. Three months ago, I said, when do you want Lynch to come in? Right. I said, let's get him on Tuesday. Something's going to happen in the market that week, and so here we are. Glad to be here. Explain to me what's going on. Well, we had a huge run. I mean, the market was 4,000 just, you know, two and a half years ago. Yeah. And it ran up to 8,300 in August. And, you know, like any big rally, sometimes it backs off. I mean, it's healthy. In fact, I mean, I'd rather have gone down 1,000 points than gone to 12,000. If you look at Japan, Japan went from 5,000 to 15,000 on their Dow. 
and it was fairly priced at 15,000 on earnings and everything else. Then it went to 40,000, and that caused seven years of inflated real estate, people overspending, and basically they've been in a recession for five or six years because the market went up too high. I mean, if the market goes up too high. I mean, if, if the market goes too high, you're discounting earnings seven, eight, ten years out. There's so everything is overpriced. Yeah, and that. Mm, well. I mean, you, you can look at the uh, current state of affairs in the, the U.S. stock market, and he, he, he would probably like have a panic attack. doesn't help anything. The market since World War II has sold between 10 times earnings and 20 times earnings. If you look at the Dow Jones or the S&P 500, if you add up all the companies and take the earnings, you say there's a relationship. And it follows. McDonald's earnings have been terrific the last 30 years, and the stock's been terrific. There's a direct relationship. So the earnings of the S&P 500 have been between this range of 10 and 20. We were just about to go over the 20, which is the high end. Uh, that's interesting, because now, now prices today are 30, 40, 50 or, or greater. Times earnings. Into the PE range. There wasn't a lot so of room left on the PE. So PE of 20 is, too, is, is at the it's top peak. of how high it should ever be. Right. It's been over there only a few times ever over 20. And that's yeah. when usually inflation is about zero. In the early 60s. Mm, okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, Mark Minervini talks about in his first book, Think and Think, uh, Trade Like a Stock Market Wizard. I, I can see it on the other side of my monitor there. Um, that PE ratios shouldn't matter to you. And in fact, a high PE ratio is kind of a good thing because uh, that means the stock um, has an opportunity to advance in price, where Peter is looking at the value of the stock versus the price of the stock. Two different inflation things in this case. Zero. We're a little bit over 20. Now we have a very low inflation rate. So if you usually have subtracted inflation from 20, you've had the P of the market. That's been a pretty good ratio. When inflation was 12%, you remember in the early 80s, we had 8 or 9. Oh, we don't want any 12% inflation. Says, oh, this has been good for us. Well, like I'm a, telling you, it would not have been helpful. It's like a purgative or something. I never thought I'd ever wish for the market to not go up dramatically. But well, let's, just, let's argue the market went to 16,000 tomorrow. Yeah. Basically, there's earnings behind companies. Okay, but I'm not arguing that. I know that's true. And, and, earnings, and, and no. stock market I'm price not. ought to be dictated by earnings and that's earnings right. performance and future earnings potential. That's right? right. That's right. I got that. Even I got that. Right. Now, let's just take this for me. Sure. Uh, was the decline yesterday, in a sense, it let off some of this overvaluation. The market right. was even right. overvalued where it was. Right. And by letting it off, right. then we got back to what was reasonable. Well, you know, I would say fairly priced. Maybe for the larger companies, they're now okay. There might be some small companies. I mean, we've had 3,000 companies come public the last four years. That's two a business day. Yeah. Some of those companies have gone down dramatically. And, and that's sort of a research zone that average people in the stock shop, that's what we can find. Some people know a lot about this. 10,000 public companies. A lot of them are very attractive. No one's following them. And there's lots of people following IBM. Well, that's lots you've of got following companies that nobody else followed. Right. right. I'd like to go to see companies with unions or companies in trouble or companies that no one looks Hotels at. Hotels that had nice beds. Well, and yeah, and you have you to know, look at a lot of them. Or pantyhose your wife wore. That's the story. Oh, okay, you've got Pier 1 Imports. My wife <laughs> found that one too. But, <laughs> but you have all right, so he's he's covering uh, some of the material that's in his books. Uh, I recently read those. You know, on uh, uh, my if you've been following the podcast for a while, one of my goals this year is to read 100 books. Two of them uh, I've read already by Peter Lynch. One is Beating the Street, and the other one is One Up on Wall Street. Um, and he talks about uh, legs, which were uh, pantyhose and little egg-shaped things that people could get at a grocery store, which was good for Hanes. Um, the other one, he just mentioned it. Um, that doesn't matter. But uh, the point is, is that he, he's a value investor. Um, you have to look at 20 to find one. It's just you don't go to the mall yeah, and find I, the stock. I mean, you have to say, my God, this sounds like it's good. And then you have to do oh, something. Oh, Pier 1 Imports. That's, that's what it was. Um, he still hasn't talked about how to invest when prices are all-time high. Maybe he's saying when the market is all-time highs, you should be finding the things that are at all-time lows. I think that's where he's going. You have to do an organized method. People are careful when they buy a toaster. Careful, they're careful when they buy a seat. They do. They do some research. <laughs> but they don't do it with stock. They it's call the broker or they see somebody at lunch and they say, man, I got this hot stock. Yep. And you run right out and you spend $5,000, yep. small yep. investors. Yep. Or even worse, they put an option in international data whack. They don't even own international <laughs> data whack. So they have a 90-day <laughs> But it's Bill like said it was good and they make a lot of money. Right, right. And, it's a, and it's like a casino. Yeah. So it's like a casino. You get the same results as if there's more paperwork. Right. Yeah. But just stay with me in terms of people who are bedazzled. Okay, 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 okay. I, I agree that there's a lot of that, especially like right now in today's world with crypto being as hot as it is. Uh, the 
speculation in stocks has got gotten pretty rampant. So is the prices. Maybe that's where he's going. But people probably do research a to toaster more than they do research a stock. But to me, like I don't research stocks. I, I make sure that they fit my criterias and then I'll enter them. And like, like the other gentleman was saying, uh, you know, put $5,000 into it. That doesn't mean it's $5,000 or zero. I mean, if you're wrong, you could still get out like 4,900. But most people don't think that way. It's like an all or nothing bet to them. By what's happened. Right. If you look at yesterday and you look at today, right. nothing has happened in the fundamentals of economics of any company. Right. No, and who but cares about fundamentals when well, you talk about stock prices? Because they can move. One modest point. I mean, every time you, get, you have to get a memory, it's like it's very cold in the winter in some parts of the country. You get a memory that winter's coming. There, okay. Something did really happen in Southeast Asia. I mean, those yeah, are, did. Those that, economies. That the cause of what happened in this market? Well, I think so. That was a reminder saying, by the way, you know, profits can go down. I mean, there's a downside. But, but why was that the cause? I mean, did, did what's happening in Southeast Asia affect the earnings potential of all these companies you're talking about? It did. Because they can't sell their products there? In a small way. No, because those economies have been growing double digit. And all of a sudden now, they're gonna, because of bank problems, because they're overfinanced, they're under leveraged. I mean, they're going to have they're going to have to run their belts. Those part, and then people said, "Whoa, maybe that'll become it'll have China's now the fourth largest economy in the world. Maybe China can go into recession." So, this sort of woke people. It's like a wake up call saying, "Whoa, maybe there's a chance earnings going to go out." I mean, this is not a big deal for the United States. When Mexico went down, much more important. But it sort of said people. Why was it much more important? Well, Mexico, much more important much, to Mexico, much Mexico more important is much more important to the United States than Thailand is, or the Philippines. I mean, their economy <laughs> is very important to us. They're right. a big consumer, very important. They're our neighbor. A lot of people there. Right. That's a very important. When that went down, that affected Latin America was more important. So the, the recession in 1990. But it sort of reminded people. They say, wait a second, there is a downside. We have we've had nine recessions since World War II. We'll have other ones. Tell me what took place overnight between yesterday at the close of market and today at the. Okay, so this host is is kind of beating a dead horse here. He like wants a reason. He wants a fundamental reason. Oh, this is going to be good. He wants a fundamental reason why the price today is lower than the price yesterday. Now, granted, I don't know the background on what day they're talking about. Could be the 1987 crash. Personally, I really don't know. But he wants a reason as to why the price has gone down so much overnight. And it doesn't matter what kind of investing or trading you do, prices move. And you have to be like aware that prices are going to move and agile enough to make the change. You shouldn't just sit there with your legs crossed and say, the fundamentals have or have not changed. And because the fundamentals have or have not changed, I will continue to hold my position. The, the, I don't know. I, I feel like this host is kind of like being a little obstinate. Beginning mark. What were the guys that you used to work with saying to each other at Fidelity, and what were the people you know saying? For example, IBM made a decision to buy back their stock, and that pre presented some kind of push on the market, and their stock went up six points. Well, one thing you're trying to do is say, of all people. these public companies out there, here's a company I really like. The fundamentals are terrific. Their earnings are doing well. The competitors are doing poorly. I think this company's doing terrific. And all of a sudden, the stock might have gone from 40 to 30 because of this decline. That would say, wow, here's a chance to buy it. So you're trying to say some companies might have been overpriced at 60, and all they did was go to 50, and you say, big deal. So you're trying to find. Oh, this is how people get hosed. When it goes from 60 to 50, that means people don't want it at 60 anymore. That's not, in my opinion, Peter Lynch. I don't know anything like you do, but I do know that when prices go down on a financial asset, that means people don't want to own it at the higher price. And, oh, geez, I, I'm a little concerned by this. Um, I, I, I've talked to many guests before where, uh, you know, let's say it was 60 and then today it's 50. Hey, it's a great deal at 50, but you'll love it even more when it goes down to 40. And you know what? You might as well double up whenever it hits down at 30 because that means it's a great deal. 
Okay, that's the way that people get financially just totally wrecked. I hope he doesn't say that. Please don't say that. You liked anyway. Right now you liked him. And now they've had a haircut. That's what you would do. Not, not a stock that went from overpriced to fairly priced. Something was fairly priced at the start of this exercise and then had a very, you know, a five for four sale. If you had been managing the Magellan Fund this morning, yes. you would have been buying like crazy? I would have been researching like crazy. I would have been saying, which companies are the same story? Is there anything really happening? This is a non-event for them. They're still doing well. Even if we have a recession, there's nothing to do with them. And that's the kind of kinds I would try to buy. But let's say if a company, just think of it, this as being, you say to yourself, I think this company's going to earn something in the future. If it's already discounting that, if it's selling at a huge multiple, you say, it's already, it has to work. And then it's only going to stay even. So you have to say to yourself, if I'm right, how much am I going to make? If I'm wrong, how much am I going to lose? That's the risk-reward ratio. In stock shop, we talk about, if I'm right, I hope I'm going to double trip my money. If I'm wrong, may I lose 30 40%. That's a favorable ratio. We say, if I'm right. Did he just say that if he's wrong, losing 30, 30 to 40% is a favorable ratio? Mr. Peter Lynch, I don't know anything like you do, but I do know a couple things. Hoping and praying that a stock doubles. And then hoping and praying that your stock only goes down 30 or 40% when you're wrong. Uh, these are pretty awful. Now, Grant, I didn't make 2,700%. I don't know anything like you do. But I'm really not liking what you got to say here, bud. The stock's not going to go up. It's already discounting terrific things. If discounting terrific things are already in the stock, I don't want to know. Okay, so this morning you get up and you go in and you look at, at those companies that fit that, you, that. that you know something about. You have to have an itch. I mean, you, let's say the cement industry goes from crummy to semi-crummy <laughs> to fairly good. Yeah. The stocks are going north. Right. You're going to make money. That's the industry you know. What if you know the publishing industry? You're, you, some people have, you have an itch. You work. I mean, what if you last... 30 years, you worked in the restaurant industry. You would have seen Taco Bell. Right. You would have seen Sabaros. Right. You would have seen Pizza Hut. You would have seen Chili's. You would have seen these companies doing very well. You should have bought those instead of trying to buy biotechnology stocks exactly. you know nothing about. I mean, I know nothing about local area networking. A lot of people are buying the Cisco. They're buying the equipment, saying, we're going to root together all these peripherals and put together the servers. Well, they, but, but that's not a bad buy because they own a huge percentage of their market. You know what? That was, they're saying only a few people had them. I said, my God, if it works for us, other people try it. Then colleges will try it. High schools will try it. Then they'll go overseas. They knew they were early in the ballgame. Right. And they should have been buying that company instead of out buying something they don't know anything about, some oil drilling company. I feel like this tendency to always buy something they don't. All, all you right, need is okay. a few, Charlie, all you need is a few good stocks. Yeah, this is your song. This has been no, your song no, for a long time. No, only buy what you know. No, oh, uh, hang on, hang on. I, I do agree with him. I do agree with him on one thing. He just said, all you need is a few good stocks a decade. I agree. I agree. I agree. One stock, one trade can make your year. A couple trades a decade could make your decade. But you can't just say, Oh, I'm going to hold for the tri doubles or triples and anything else. I'll just let it go down to like 30 or 40 and then I'll cut it 30 or 40% and then I'll cut it <sighs> like, ugh, ugh. I'd rather just like, here's, here's how I would do it. If it works for me, let it work for me. If it doesn't work for me, get out with a tiny loss and then wait till I find another one that is working for me and put my capital to work when it is working for me. Which one should I buy? The average person ought to be able to follow four or five companies. They ought to be able to lecture on them. They right. understand the companies. And this forces you. This tool says to you, write down the story. Right, you keep saying this. this now, I, I do agree with that. The average person should follow four or five companies. Um, I go for a max of 12. And I'm not trying to say that I'm not average. But like I, I, I talk to some people and they follow you know dozens, like, literally like 60, 70, 100 stocks. Like, I don't really care all that much about it. I follow about like 12 is about the max that I'm looking to, to trade or follow.
stock shop is what? What is it? This is a CD-ROM that you plug into your CD-ROM okay. and play through your right. PC, and you come up with what? Well, also, it's a data stream. You can update information on five or 6,000 companies, right like that. You can get 10 years Ooh, of uh, financial nice. data, 10 years of income statements, 10 years of inventory. So you can get updates on all these companies. But that's what you get on a Bloomberg terminal. No, but it's only right now. And you know, it doesn't take 50 data points. It doesn't go over five years. This, on the companies you want to look at, it'll give you all the information. Out of this. It costs $6.95 a month in addition, and it's, you get a free oh, trial. I see. You I get a free trial. We okay. got a cut rate deal, and you can also <laughs> buy it. You can get it from Fidelity for special programs. But this yeah. is something, this will help you update it. So you can say, this is something I want to look at, and I want to see, what do the cash look like? And if you don't understand what cash is, if you don't understand what debt is, I always said, let's say you're looking at companies that are doing poorly, that they're not doing very well. Why don't you buy the one that has $300 million in cash instead of the one that's almost bankrupt? I mean, a lot of companies are selling at 2 or $3 a share. They might be losing $10 well, million. That's a in it. But people don't do it. Well, and they don't this, do it because they don't know how to do the research. Well, this, you can look up the balance sheet. Say, listen, they got three million dollars in cash. They're losing ten million a quarter. They'll be okay. Yeah. This other company's got no no cash, seven hundred million dollars in debt. They're yeah. about to blow taps. But you're telling out. every small investor in America anyway they ought to invest in a mutual fund, aren't you? I'm telling you, you can do both. Hmm. You ought to you hmm. be investing. In okay. Investing. All right. That was a, that was a pretty good question there. He's saying, um, <laughs> basically, he's like, well, Peter Lynch, what does that matter? You're just going to tell everybody to invest in a mutual fund like yours, right? Um, and Peter Lynch's like, meh. Occasionally, you should be able to find a stock that's going to make a difference in your life. If it's an industry you know something about. Industry or local company. I mean, there's a lot of people that saw, they saw the Kinto Motorings in Texas. They said, my God. I mean, there, a lot of people have seen local companies. So. Friendly side. There's been companies come along yeah. locally. The people made St. Jude Medical, made a lot of money for people. What was that motel you, know, you stayed in and then you went and bought a bunch of it? Yeah, La Quinta Motorings. Oh, was that La Quinta? That's yeah. what it was, right? Yeah. You stayed overnight there. And, and I also said, got advice from somebody that was a competitor. There's was, was a Holiday Inn guy saying, this guy, boy, they're killing us. They're tough. You know. So that you get a lot of information. Don't throw uh, it away. All right. Before you go, uh, so what? You buy this thing and is it going to charity or not? Well, wait, I, wait, wait. He hasn't said how to invest in stocks when stock prices are all-time highs. I need to know this. That's the title of the video. My profits. I mean, Houghton Mifflin is the person marketing this, and they're, oh. they're, they're keeping some profits. You haven't made them right. a charitable and, company. And, and the, company at the, uh, the company that's selling it, the, if you go to Borders or you go to a company, yeah. say they're not, they're not, everything I've done, all my books are on this, my wife and I could do everything to charity. Is this because you made a bunch of money, and so therefore what you do now you want to well, be? That's part of it. I, it's, but also, even if I had made a bunch of money, I'd like to see people do a better job. These are people, I mean, used oh, to, when so you used you, to your retire, crusade is to influence the investing habits of America? To do, have them do a better job. If they're not ready to do it properly. Oh, oh, I hope the host's so bad. I hope he's like, well, I thought you said put them in mutual funds. Isn't that what you do? Properly, they shouldn't do it. And, and used to be, used to be able to retire, and you get half of your last year's salary. Yeah. You'd have a pension. You can rely on that. Now you have to do it for yourself. Some people are presented, they're, but they're let go, or they're early retirement, and they're given $500,000, and they say, this is it. This is your retirement, lady. You've got to take care of it now. And some people have lost all their money in options in the last three months. So what you're saying to people today... <laughs> yeah, I know about that. Thank you for bringing up that old wound, Mr. Peter Lynch. ...about the future of the market over the near term is what? What's your... We can take I got a to buy business. We can about take a coin out and flip it. I have no idea what the next thousand points going to do. The next six thousand points going to be up. The next fourteen thousand points going to be up. The next twenty thousand points going to be up. But you don't well, know where the next thousand is going to be. It could be down. Does. Could be up. No. Be... Okay, I agree with that. You don't actually know what the future is going to be. You can just react to what the market's giving you, which is how I trade and how I tell people they should trade. It does, and, and it's futile to try and guess it. Yeah, Corporate profits will be a lot higher 10 years from now, they'll be a lot higher 20 years from now. That's what you can rely on. Microsoft didn't exist 20 years ago. Staples didn't exist 20 years ago. Federal Express didn't exist 20 years ago. New companies will come along. That's what Cisco makes didn't exist 20 years ago. That's what makes Amgen has two $1 billion drugs. They didn't exist 20 years ago. New companies will come along. That's what makes this country work. You've got to keep your eyes open. Okay, is the game over in Asia? No, God, no. You can't, you know, some of these countries have a 56% savings rate. They have a high literacy rate. The game's not over. You know, they're going to they're have to... But have they lost something? Well, they're going to have to... Other you know, than some of their lending, they get carried away. They're I mean, they're going to have to, you know, step back, figure it out, and go ahead. It's certainly not over in Asia. No way. So emerging markets is still a big deal. Right, big deal. What about all the criticism of derivatives and the, and the impact they have had? That's a little complicated for me. Derivatives meaning, like, options, futures, things like that. Um, I, I mean, Peter said it twice in this that... Uh, you know, people lose lose their life savings and options. I, I mean, I've been there twice.
All I know is, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about it for you. It's way over my head. I've never bought an option <laughs> in my life. I never bought. I, time's on your side when you own stock. You know, I don't know about putting you know three percent down and buying a future in a strap and a straddle. That's way over my head. Can't can't do that. <laughs> is that right? Let somebody else deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're optimistic about the future of the American economy. Earnings potential for right. most well-run companies will do all right. But people have to understand we've had nine recessions since World War II. We'll have other recessions. But we're not in one now. But we may goodness. have one in the future. And don't get worried. It will happen. Sometime it'll happen. And no one will tell you when it's going to happen. It's just, but, but won't the fundamentals tell you? No, you'll find out after the fact. You'll, all of a sudden, you'll notice orders slowing, prices get more competitive, then earnings are down. I mean, usually you find out after the fact. No one declares. Everybody's insane. We're going to have a recession for five years. It just hasn't happened. It's great to see you. Okay, I hope you'll John. come back anytime, Peter. Ah, he didn't actually say how to invest when stocks are all time highs. Maybe, maybe that's what he meant with that comment. It says you only need a few good stocks a decade. Yeah, I I don't know if there was a key takeaway on how to invest when stock prices are all-time highs. Because there were a couple times where he's like, uh, buy it when it's down 40%. But then if you lose another 40%, then you know, get out then. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, let me put it to you this way. Uh, stocks at all-time highs is bullish. If you look at any stock, look at any index, look at anything... There's a point where it reaches an all-time high, and then it goes higher. I'm not saying it happens every time, obviously, but that's trading with the trend. If the trend is hitting an all-time high, then the trend is going in that direction. And only until the trend crests and comes back down does that mean that the trend has changed. So... Maybe maybe the title of this was misleading. Uh, how to invest when stock prices are all-time highs. Um, I don't think that that was really covered in this. However, there's some good takeaways here. Like, you only need a couple stocks a decade to really make it. I totally agree with that. You get, like, one stock a year that can make your entire year. And I would bet you that you were buying it when it was at all-time highs. So, hey, if you found this useful, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, make sure you subscribe and make sure you hit notification bell. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week. W Trade Faster and Trade Smarter. I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading.
Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.